Hey, Chris from the Mighty Decibel here. Welcome back. So October of this year contains five Mondays, which means it allows us to go off schedule this week. But don't worry, another new release Monday episode will be coming your way next week. In its stead, today, another A History Of episode. Specifically, we're going to be visiting 10 important records from the first four years of the thrash metal subgenre. So this isn't an exhaustive list, rather they are simply 10 important records from the subgenre's first four years that, in my mind, should be in every thrash metal fan's record collection. So before we dive in, we should set the scene leading up to thrash metal's birth in 1983. So pre uh, preceding thrash was your traditional metal from the likes of Sabbath, Priest, and a host of young whippersnappers from the new wave of British heavy metal. And also preceding thrash by a few years was speed metal, the subject of a previous A History Of episode that you should check out, along with hardcore punk. So new, new bands took these three musical elements and mashed them up into what was subsequently called thrash. So when you're talking about highlights, highlights of the early thrash metal movement, you have to include the very first record of the subgenre, Metallica's July 1983 opus, Kill 'Em All. So taking the youthful energy and DIY ethic of the new wave of British heavy metal, the excess velocities of speed metal, and meshing it with hardcore punk abandon, Metallica's debut still kicks ass some 38 years later. There's an undeniable excitement and energy that leaps from the record, along with an unwavering eye on making extreme metal that was actually catchy, something that before this was unheard of. So this is a historically important record in the history of the subgenre that still sounds fresh to this day. Exactly a year later, in July of 1984, Metallica issued its sophomore album that I consider their best release, the masterful Ride the Lightning. So here we're met with a more professional sound and mature songwriting, but still ripping in its over-the-top energy levels. The lads were already raising the bar to insane levels. That said, while the opening and closing bookends absolutely ripped velocity-wise, here the band was investing in relatively slower tempos to deliver its message. An opportunity was available to fill the space for more harried acts to come. <laughs>
over to February of 1985, and the UK enters the fray as Onslaught issued their debut, Power From Hell. So what's unique about this entry is that the band really leaned heavily on the hardcore punk side of the equation, giving that extra bit of rawness. Additionally, the album cover art seemed more suitable for a black metal album, given its depiction of Beelzebub rising from a pentagram wielding an axe. So regardless, this is one of the most underrated thrash metal albums of all time, in my opinion. To prove the point, here's thermonuclear devastation. Assume crash positions, people. sure some of you astute students of the subgenre are scratching your heads that Slayer hasn't been mentioned yet. That's explained by the fact that I included the debut Show No Mercy in our speed metal history, as I still considered a speed thrash hybrid release. So Slayer enter our thrash story in March of 1985 with their sophomore Helloates. Wrapped in one of my fave album covers of all time as one of the most punishing records ever put to plastic hyper-speeded with over-the-top lyrical content and Araya's killer braying, the intensity levels were off the charts. Songs are elongated, giving the band more time to allow the rhythms to permeate or to throw almost progressive changes at you, both providing a heavier-than-now aura to this release. Praise of death indeed. later, Canada put its foot forward with Razor's sophomore, Evil Invaders. So Razor's strength uh, lie in its ability to make thrash ultra catchy, the riffs memorable for days, while Sheepdog McLaren's delivery at the mic was totally unique, altogether making for one of the best thrash metal albums of all time. And Dave Carlo's quick picking rhythm work has always been underappreciated in my opinion, and his work on Evil Invaders is a perfect example of his dexterity and prowess. On a personal note, my fave thrash band of all time. Mm-hmm. 
same month, Exodus finally got around to issuing their debut album, despite starting out at the same time as your Metallicas and Slayers. And when Bonded by Blood hit, the scene went wild for good reason. I saw the band live on this tour at Larry's Hideaway in Toronto, and I've rarely seen a place go as bonkers as it did that night. The riffs on this still crush to this day, and Bailoff's brain kill the posers stance is unquestionable. Every track is classic, energetic thrash and it introduced us to the crazed lead guitar genius of Gary Holt, another one of the cornerstones of the thrash subgenre. later, the Germans enter the battlefield when destruction issued Infernal Overkill. I often consider this the heaviest thrash metal album of all time. The frenzied guitar riffing on this beast is out of, the war- out of this world. The manic time change is melting your face and causing you to shake your head in amazement at it. its audacity. And let's not forget the totally original vocals from Schmier, one of the top five thrash albums of all time in my books. Months later, in August of 1985, the Danes get into it with Fear of Tomorrow by Artillery. So what stands out about this release is the use of heavy-ass doom to offset the speedy sections. This was something startlingly new and fresh at the time, catching all of extremists by surprise. It also helped that the doom riffs were earth-crushing and the down-tuned speedy riffs well-performed and recorded everything magnificently discernible a totally killer and underrated release. 
Completing our 1985 content is Spreading the Disease by Anthrax, issued in October of that year. This release saw the band move from its speed metal debut roots, Fistful of Metal, into a more concerted thrash fashion. So one of the first to utilize a clean singer within the subgenre, this signaled a slightly more commercial approach to the subgenre. So this is studded with a number of classics like AIR, Medusa, and Gung Ho. Spreading the Z's put Anthrax on the thrash map. Last of our highlighted albums from the first four years of thrash metal comes from one of the Teutonic Big Four, Creator, with their sophomore Pleasure to Kill, issued November of 1986. So this was leaps ahead of the scrappy Endless Pain debut from the year previous. Songs are more fully fleshed, performances more assured, and the savage intent to injure palpable. Pleasure to Kill remains the band's best work, in my opinion. Legendary tracks like Riot of Violence, Under the Guillotine, and the title track can be found here, along with six other soul-crushing, decibel-drenched songs. Classic. Having lived through this era and being a fully-fledged thrashaholic, I can tell you that it was beyond mind-blowing witnessing the growth of the subgenre and seeing these bands wreak havoc on stage at the time. Amazing. You young ones out there should be jealous at what us old-timers were able to live through in our youth. <laughs> so that's it for our history lesson for today, and we'll be back in action again with an extreme metal edition of our new release Mondays next week. And uh, check out our website, www.themightydecibel.com. Have a great one, eh?